Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. S-REITs in focus. How are S-REITs navigating the Fed's rate hikes so far? And bearing in mind that here in Singapore, REITs are required by law to distribute 90% of their income as dividends to unit holders. These distributions are also tax exempt. In recent years, we know that most S-REITs have averaged dividend yields of about 5 to 6%, but what is the best return you can get on an S-REIT right now? Uh, last month, we were looking at about a 7.6% dividend yield. So what are the top three best returns uh, you could hope for if we took a look, took a standstill and looked at the rate report card right now? And is there still reason to cheer if you are a REIT investor at this halfway mark to the year? Let's ask Kenny Lowe, REIT specialist and independent financial advisor. Good morning, Kenny. Good morning, Michelle. So, 42 REITs listed here on SGX, property trusts included in that count as well. 90% of them hold overseas assets, and we know that SREITs span seven key sectors. Against this backdrop of sticky inflation and uh, rate rises, share with us your view of how REITs listed on the SGX have performed so far this year. Yeah, I, I did the comparison on the month-to-month comparison and recently we just concluded the earnings uh, release for uh, all of the REITs. Basically, compared to the last month, the price to book value for the whole uh, REIT sector in terms of average actually dropped from 0.82 to 0.8. Uh, 0.8 is close to the uh, 10 years low uh, in terms of the valuation. And the DPO uh, has risen from 8.4% to 9.09% in average, which is pretty high and uh, unseen for. Mm-hmm. And the gearing and uh, expected the gearing ratio uh, increased from 37.5% to 38%. So this is more on the month-to-month comparison. And not all the REIT, they are performing in the same way. Some of them are performing relatively better. And some of the good news would be some of the big cap REIT has started the uptrend, has moved above the 200 moving average. Just now you mentioned that there are, there are three REITs uh, in Singapore itself. Basically, Capital DC REIT, Fraser Logistics and Commercial Trust, and also Maple Tree Logistics Trust. That has been the best performer uh, for, for this year. Uh, year to date and since the last year rebound and the market bottom at uh, sometime in October 2022. All right, I'll get you to repeat that for listeners who just tuned in. So what's the best return you can get on an S REIT if you, you know, were looking around today, you say the top three ones? Yeah, if you look at the, okay, if I track from the last year market bottom, if the investor able to capture uh, during that time, the market bottom sometime in October 2022, just for Capital DC itself, uh, the total return until to date is more than 30%, uh, within a short six wow. to nine months, right? And uh, for Maple Tree Logistic Trust and also Fraser uh, Logistic and Commercial Trust, it's, it's all, all more than 20%. That that's, that's, uh, include the in terms of share price and also plus a dividend. Anyway, I will be sharing the chart uh, yeah. A stock chart for these three uh, REITs, uh, how they perform the V-shaped rebound in the coming Saturday uh, REIT symposium. Oh, fantastic. We'll have to turn up. Now, share with us what are some of the, you know, you said not all REITs have been performing relatively equally. So what are some of the losers, perhaps, the winners and losers, when you look at the latest earnings season in the rearview mirror? 
Yeah, if I look at the chart itself, it's really a disaster <laughs> on the read. Right? Not surprisingly, it's the U.S. commercial read. Uh, after the recent uh, uh, business update, itself operation update, actually the share price plunged, right? And prime U.S. read uh, plunged about thirty percent uh, for this year. Mm. Uh, Maple Tree, I'm uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Manulife U.S. read plunged about twenty-four percent. This, this year alone, just a short five months, and elite commercial read 21%. And there are a lot of selling pressure on all this kind of overseas read. Uh, and, and at the present moment, if I look at the price-to-book uh, ratio itself, it's really oversold. It really does not make sense. If you look at the price-to-book for the, the menu live U.S. read, the price-to-book at the present moment is only 0.26%. In other words, what does it mean 0.26? Which means that if you have a property value of $1 million at the present moment, the, the, the property only selling at 260000 Oh, my. All right. But this okay. is really in line with the U.S. read or uh, office read itself because mm. I also do some comparison. Uh, what, what, is it Singapore related only or is it a global, global uh, sentiment issue? I compare with the U.S. office read. Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. office read is all around that range, 0.22 something and 0.3, that kind of range. So it's not Singapore related. It's really the whole sector, uh, commercial sector, especially on the U.S. and also the Europe, is during the, in, in the winter period. Kenny, were there any particular set of earnings results that really caught your attention? Yes, there is. They mm. really caught my surprise. <laughs> because all the while it's not in my radar. Okay, which is the Ames APEC read. Because Ames APEC uh, is a read, uh, have a market capitalization about $1 billion. So you seldom hear any big news or any good news, bad news uh, in, in, in the news. You don't see any, any big headlines on this Ames APEC read. But this time round, they published uh, quite a stellar performance in terms of the DPU yeah. uh, growth and also occupancy also growing pretty well and also net property income also growing pretty well during the COVID, during the pandemic because everybody struggled during the pandemic. But if you compare to financial year 2021 until financial 2023, they have a good growth. And at the present moment, the DPOU is about uh, 7.5% with a price to book of close to about 1%. Wow. So it actually posted an 11.3% increase in its DPU, right? Yeah, it's quite good. And, and the gearing is pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. So in terms of balance sheet, in terms of all the performance, it's, it's pretty healthy, right? And also, uh, AIMS APEC is the number fourth in terms of performance. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, so AIMS APEC for the listener apparently saw full-year revenue contribution being boosted by its acquisition of Woolsworth's headquarters in Australia and higher rental recoveries from its logistics, warehouse, high-tech, industrial properties as well. Kenny Lowe is our guest today. He is our in-house REIT expert and uh, we'll be speaking at a REITs convention, he tells us, later this weekend. Fabulous to hear that. Now, in comparison to the previous earnings session back in February, Kenny, has your outlook on the performance of SREITs changed? The outlook still has not changed for me because I expect a very muted performance in the first half of the year uh, because uh, Federal Reserve still need a few uh, uh, data to really confirm what would be the interest rate movement. Mm. So at the present moment, uh, the interest rate more or less, I think that has peaked at 525 uh, When I look at the June 14 uh, interest rate uh, movement, the probability at the present moment, uh, the probability has risen up to 86%, just over one night. I, I checked uh, last night, uh, there's a 76% probability to stay at the current level. And, and today, 
just one day itself is adjusted to 86%. That means that very, very high chance, very high probability we will pick at 5.25. And if we look at a forward uh, guidance in terms of probability, there probably will be another 25 basis point cut by Q3, September. This September Q3. Wow. Yeah, this Q3. You are and, the and first analyst to come on and say that. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I get to play that back and say, Kenny, you were right. Uh. Yeah, because because if you look at the Bloomberg dot plot itself, uh-huh. uh, we, we can see some the the futures has already dropping. No one no one believe uh, the Fed. <laughs> <laughs> already dropping and and uh, quite surprisingly I'm seeing that 2024 actually they are uh, close to 100 basis point cut 2024. Okay so recap for us what you see happening in September in terms of these rate pricing rate hike increases. Okay I expect because you uh, we need a few data points to form a trend. Right. One quarter two quarter that will not form a trend because uh, we have to differentiate between a trend and also the the, the, the noises. So if a few more uh, data points to show that the interest is coming down, actually mm-hmm. that will give a relief to the REIT itself. Because at the present moment, when I look at the operation update for uh, most of the REIT, they have under serious pressure on the drop in DPO due to the high uh, uh, rate in interest cost. So uh, dropping the, the interest rate, first thing will help in terms of the DPO. The DPO may grow again. That's one thing. And that will also uh, relieve some pressure on those uh, U.S. commercial office street and also the, the U.K. commercial office street. Because at the present moment, the cap rate is pretty high due to high interest rate. Mm. When, when the interest rate comes down, basically uh, the cap rate will be coming down. The portfolio uh, valuation will be going up. But they, they only do the valuation once a year. So, so uh, during this period itself, unlikely we will see the big uh, valuation adjustment uh, at the present moment, probably until the end of the year, if the interest is going down, when they redo the, the portfolio valuation, probably you can see some uh, valuation going up and, and the gain ratio will be coming down and will be going up again. That, that is uh, positive for the REIT uh, in general. So right now, a bit difficult to sort of tease out what that 25 basis point, the recent 10th US Fed decision to hike rates. A little bit difficult to figure out the impact of that on S rates. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, still, still too early, and also, and also, we also need you know take note that uh, the management is it, this is a test of the management, mm-hmm. right? So, so just now this morning, I heard about David Sinder, uh the interview that that they mentioned about uh, uh, the the U.S. office. A- actually, if you look at it, basically the whole drop in the U.S. rate share price itself basically is more on the gaming ratio and also the cap rate and valuation itself. So if you look at the, the leasing uh, requirement, the fundamental itself, actually they are not, not so much affected. So, so management, the, the REIT management need to do, uh, during this period itself, they have to navigate the rising inflation, the low occupancy, then at the same time they have to uh, manage the balance sheet. So there will be a lot of adjustment, testing of management skill during this period. So I would expect that there will be some volatility itself in the sector. But uh, at the present moment, the, the REIT index is still actually trading sideways in a symmetrical triangle. So until that is a big move in the interest rate or maybe big cut in the interest rate and also uh, change the cost of the DPO trend, I can foresee that in the next quarter or maybe another quarter, uh, Q3, real index probably will be moving sideways for a while. Okay. How could SREITs react to an impending recession? I mean, if that does pan out, we've got a lot of analysts saying that is a possibility. 
stock market actually moved six to nine months ahead of the fundamental, the economy. Mm. So I think that U.S. has already entered into recession uh, because the data are lagging, right? And when we invest, we expect uh, the future income to increase. So I don't think that the re-index itself uh, will be impacted when the news come out because really lag. And if you look at the current share price itself, especially the U.S. commercial rate, they have factored in all the negative news. The, all the headwinds they are factored in. At the present moment, I'm, I'm quite surprised when I look at the, the DPU itself. Mm. Do you know that the DPU for uh, Manual Life and also uh, Prime is more than 30%? Three zero. Hold on, I need to pick my jaw up. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> 30%. I, I thought I, I read wrongly. <laughs> then after that, I go, and, I go and do a calculation, right? You just imagine you, if you pump in $1,000 to invest in this rate, one yeah. year you can get back $300. Amazing. 30%, 30%. Amazing. Okay, that yeah. means that the, the market has already priced in the worst, 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 worst case scenario, which means that right. we have a very huge uh, equity fundraising. Mm-hmm. There was a big drop in the uh, uh, dividend due to the occupancy rate, and there's a big drop in the portfolio value itself. Right. So it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary if you just look at the number itself. But if you look back on the leasing, look at the tenant diversification, look at the property they have, they are class A and trophy property. I don't think it's really warrant that kind of uh, share price sell off. Interesting. Interesting. Now, which sector, Kenny, do you expect could hold up well in a higher interest rate environment for a while? Basically, the whole industrial sector is holding pretty well. Just now, when I mentioned the top four REITs, uh, I repeat again, Capital DC, Fraser, Logistics and Commercial Trust, Mapleture Logistics, and also Ames APEC. You can see the commonality there. Ah, okay. okay. Right. Basically, that makes the a lot D- of sense. Yeah. yeah, DPO pretty resilient, and also the occupancy is pretty high. Mm. Uh, so, so if the industrial sector is holding pretty well, mm. then we have to look at the economic activity. If we are in the severe recession, the factory will be first one to be affected, right? Mm-hmm. If a factory first one to be affected, all those industrial logistics, anything uh, uh, manufacturing related will be affected. So, but if you look at the fundamental, those sectors are not re- affected. They are still doing pretty well. Mm. Interesting. Uh, and, and if we still were looking at this whole prospect of impending recession, high, high rate environment, impending recession, what, what would be the S rates that could struggle? The, those uh, REIT who struggle will be the weak balance sheet, right? For example, mm-hmm. uh, they have a very short uh, debt maturity. They have to refinance the debt at the present moment, either this year or next year. But at the same time, they have a high percentage of secure borrowing. So they are not in the stage of uh, having uh, upper hand in terms of negotiation with the creditor and with the bank. Because you, you know, bank mm-hmm. only loan to those companies, good companies with strong balance sheet. Mm. If you are struggling with a balance sheet, you have a cash flow issue, normally bank will not loan to you. Mm. So, so, so during this period itself, the, the bank probably, uh, they want to reduce a, a, a risk, they uh, play hardball, right? Then mm. they, they in, increase the interest rate. Okay, if you want to loan for me, because your risk is higher due to your weak balance sheet, so I charge you a higher interest rate, you take it or leave it. So if the rate is not able to really refinance with the good rate itself, they will also uh, affect their DPO payout. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, they, they are not able to build a financial covenant and they are not able to borrow. For example, Manulife in this case, they are not able to borrow to do some uh, uh, AI and to do uh, give some incentive to, to the, the, the tenant itself. Mm. So, so that will uh, uh, increase the fear of they may need to uh, raise the equity 
for fundraising to really uh, to increase the working capital or they have to sell some of the property uh, during this period. And at the present moment, it's not easy to sell the, the commercial uh, uh, property at the present moment because the transaction value is pretty low. There's no liquid. There are no buyer. Even if they have a buyer, they are not able to raise funds mm. to borrow the money from a bank to really do the acquisition. That's why you can see the transaction value in the commercial office is pretty low. And it's very difficult to do the price discovery. Mm. Speaking of discovery, uh, if someone wanted to think through an, an S-rate appropriate for them, you mentioned maybe the industrial sector could weather the risk of recession well. What are some key metrics um, our listeners could be thinking of monitoring closely? Yeah, at the present moment, everything still have to focus back on the balance sheet. Uh, the DPO up and down is part of parcel of game because there are so many moving elements affecting the, the share price and also DPO. Mm-hmm. So uh, retail uh, investors should not, because of one quarter, they miss a DPO or drop the DPO in panic and, and sell away. Because just a part and parcel, those are just the noises. Uh, management, a uh, good management, eventually they will they will uh, navigate through this this tough period. But the balance sheet itself, if they are uh, run into uh, uh, unable to refinance the debt, that will cause a big damage. So some of the metrics will be uh, need to look at the gearing ratio, uh, how the gearing ratio move. May, is that every quarter uh, the gearing ratio keep going up because of portfolio valuation is, is coming down? And we also need to assess that whether this is only the one time mm-hmm. or, or there is a trend in terms of the portfolio valuation drop. Right. At the same time, the interest coverage ratio is important because that will measure the ability to pay off an interest expense. If they are not able to pay off an interest expense, they have to force to really uh, sell the portfolio or to reduce the gearing. And that will also immediately impact the DPO moving forward. So I have to ask, any S-rate gearing ratio in the danger zone? Uh, manual life is one of them, 49%. Right. Uh, let me look at the other number. Prime at 43%. That's why the sell-off. Because any drop in evaluation prime will you exceed forty five percent, elite at the present moment forty six percent. But if you look at occupancy and mm. those things, they are still looking doing good in terms of lease. That's why the, the, the CFO itself they have to really manage on the balance sheet portion. Yeah, so how do we balance that then? I mean what do we balance looking at the gearing ratio occupancy levels, as you say? Occupancy this is something that they are able to control. Can do can that can increase occupancy until certain level, mm-hmm. right? And maybe in, instead of letting the the unit empty, maybe they can give some incentive, yeah. right? Or maybe the world prices to get occupancy up just tied to this period. So those are things that they can control. But in terms of valuation, they cannot control because it's very much depend on valuer. They can only pray. <laughs> <laughs> a year because the cap rate coming down the, the valuation going up then after that easy job for CFO you don't need to do anything the staggering ratio drop <laughs> oh Kenny it's just so great to speak with um, before we let you go Kenny from what you're looking from from the information and the data that you're looking at any any advice on in terms of what investors should be looking out for yeah, I, I, I noticed some of the uh, investors itself, they are just paying too much attention on the price movement every day. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're really focused or forget, forget about the long-term uh, objective of when it comes to reinvesting. Mm-hmm. When they first started off, the objective is to collect a very consistent dividend for their retirement or, or for their passive income. Mm-hmm. Right? Then, then during this period, because of the volatility itself, uh, the share price dropped a lot and, and quite a number of them panicked. And they sell at the bottom. I, I, I personally see uh, some of the investors really give up in, in the REIT market. So, so if you think of another way, 
uh, when a lot of retail investors really give up certain stock market, certain stocks, that is the time when the market bottom, <laughs> they will look at another way. Right. So the advice to investor is when it comes to reinvesting, because at the end of the day, we are un, uh, investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. As long as real estate uh, uh, in a good location, fundamentally they are good, uh, they are able to generate a rental income over the long term as long as you buy the real estate at a cheap valuation. And we're uh, able to rent it out to collect rental that will not go wrong. It does not matter whether the share price go up 10% one day or drop 10% the other day. It does not really matter because we are looking for long term. That is the first thing, buy cheap and make sure uh, there is a consistent rental income coming in. The second thing is make sure diversify. Mm. Right, diversify into different sectors mm-hmm. because during the pandemic, the hospitality sector beaten down a lot. Everybody run, run away from the hospitality sector. Okay. But for those season one, it's a good time to go and buy the hospitality sector. At the present moment, everybody run away from the U.S. commercial office and also the Europe commercial office. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the re- uh, history itself, eventually things will come back because the commercial office, good commercial office will not disappear in one day. The physical property is still there. It's only that the, the seasonality and also and also the sentiment of the market that cost the, all the price uh, 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 pretty volatile. Mm. And eventually, mm. the interest rate has to come down. It's all cyclical. You look at history. Interest goes up very fast, and they also can come down very fast. Mm-hmm. So everything is cyclical in terms of the uh, real estate. So this sector are uh, doing well now. Does not mean that it's doing well in the next few quarter, and the and those sector doing very badly. Does not mean that in the next two years it will not rebound. Right. So keep your long-term goals in mind as an S-REIT investor. That's great fundamental principles to S-REIT investing, Kenny. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. Kenny Lowe, REIT Specialist and Independent Financial Advisor, live here on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.